Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Freecast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, for now, are Zach and Vince. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it's hey, oh, what, 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 what are you planning on replacing us? Or oh no. If you don't, no, if you don't no, like no. it, hit the bricks. <laughs> <laughs> you can just leave. Uh. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we're here to talk like, about the comics. Like our listeners right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're gone. We're here to talk about the comics coming out on April 26, 2022, starting with Justice League number 75, The Death of the Justice League, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Rafa Sandoval. Um, I have a feeling that all of us have similar thoughts on this, but I'm going to be most in the bag for this. Just based on our on our pre-show <laughs> chatter, um, what makes you say that? Yeah, I don't well, know. I, 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 I don't know. All. I don't know. But I, I will I will say two things to set up sort of how I feel about it. But I do want to hear what you guys think about it. I don't think you do. No, I do because I don't love this comic. I don't. But it does two things that I really like. The first is that this to me reminds me of the best of the Scott Snyder Justice League era. That is not my favorite. That is not my favorite era of Justice League stuff. But what I liked about that stuff was the sort of feeling of all of DC's heroes are connected through the Justice League. And the Justice League acts as this conduit for the DC universe. And so, you know, that allowed us to have those fun like the Titans book that I really liked, Justice League Dark spun out of that. Just the idea of like the, all of these different um, sort of teams are and, and just people are all sort of connected through the Justice League. We don't get it. We just get one scene at the end with like, you know, Wally and Detective Chimp and Firestorm and Naomi in the just, Hall of Justice. But the whole book to me just had this like it made it feel like the Justice League was the most important piece of the DC universe. And I think ultimately I like when the Justice League is positioned as that, when they are the the cornerstone of the DCU. And I felt this did that. The other thing I felt this did was I felt that this, even though, I mean, I don't, I think you could probably have read this without having read any of Infinite Frontier, any of Justice League Incarnate. But I think that this does a relatively good job of setting up really big stakes that feel like a crisis level threat. Whether you feel that's earned or not, I will I will agree that I don't think it necessarily is. But I think that it feels big enough to earn the crisis tag. And those are the two things I liked about it. And for the most part, the art was very good. There, there, there's one incredible Dinah Nutface in this, notwithstanding. Um, but ultimately, I, I felt that, you know, these events are, are, are the, the popcorn movies of comics. And I thought that this earned its popcorn. That's all. You guys talk now. Um, well, I will say that I completely agree with you that this feels like the Snyder Justice League run in that um, pariah 
may as well just be Perpetua. Um, it feels like that run in the most superficial way way imaginable. I think like I, I I'm looking at this and and it feels like a pastiche of a pastiche. You know, um, right down to the Sandoval art, which is somehow kind of evoking the, um, um, Jimenez maybe. No, well, I was going to say Manipal. Oh, okay. Okay. Of the, of the, the, the no justice or whatever that was called. What was that called? That was, that was no justice. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. Right down to the colors that are used as well. You know, there's a lot of like, um, very incandescent purples and things uh, that evoke pur- like purples and greens that are like glowing that evoke that miniseries a lot. I- <sighs> Unfortunately, I'm looking at this like double space, double page spread of Pariah and the Dark Army, which is just made up of like um batman who laughs versions of the villains <laughs> i mean i'm sorry that that there's nothing to this you know i i don't mean to be reductive but but it really like you're taking villains and you're just making them uh you're zombifying them basically because the characters make comments about how the, the real dark side would never act like this he doesn't just shoot laser beams at everybody he's much more cunning and intelligent than this or whatever and the the answer is that he's being controlled by the whatever this great darkness shadow force thing is um and it 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 just i know part of some of the criticism of this was dark side is being used um as an action movie villain rather than the the complex character that he has been written as before that Kirby imagined, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the way to uh, sort of volley that criticism, the book takes head on and says, well, oh, but he's zombified. Okay. Well, that's not a great, then he is still just a zombie. Like effectively what you're reading then is a, a bunch of zombified villains, the most mindless fight imaginable. And given that this is a, summer event ostensibly and it is a crisis level event those are not you know with a few exceptions they're not the most intelligent no uh, uh, mannered comics or anything they're the popcorn films of comics right right yes as you correctly stated but like some, I just, some, most of the time most of the time but I, but I and i'm just surprised at how little there was here to dig into i'm really looking for like i'm looking for some layers to it like something that makes pariah a complex or maybe tragic figure and that's there's throwaway lines about how you know i've had to see worlds die or whatever but nothing in the art nothing in the way that it's the story is presented to us makes us feel that or even or even cares to they're just throwaway lines um, 
I've used this before when I've talked about Barry being taken away to this other world. And then we don't really see him at all during the Justice League Incarnate stuff. Yeah, everyone's talking about Barry, but you're not seeing him. You're not seeing an emotional. They're not building anything. They're just telling you you should feel this way about it. And maybe I just can't have fun anymore (laughs) with stuff like this, but I need more meat than this. I need, I need something more. And there's nothing here that you didn't get from reading the solicit or accidentally hearing somebody tell you that the entire justice league was going to die before reading this, or the fact that it says on the cover that it's the death of the justice league. There's nothing else here. There's not even any like little, uh, there's not even any little like nuggets dropped for you to, 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 it's like, this is about one thing, you know, like think about, um, think about all the nuggets they were dropping for final crisis. You know, there was lots of different stuff to dig your teeth into or to think about here. There's like nothing. It's all like one thread. The justice league has been, uh, wiped out and that's it. And I just that something is missing here. I, I I read this thing and I felt nothing because I felt like from beginning to end, not a single thing surprised me or had me thinking about what might be coming next. It's not leading the reader uh, down a rabbit hole or anything. It's saying the Justice League's off the table, and that's that. You know. Okay, uh, so before I get to Zach's. Uh, opinions on this. I don't disagree with that necessarily. However, I think you're giving a lot of weight to one issue. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what we're doing here. It's all we've read. But you understand what I'm saying. Sure. Like, this is... Um, first of all, I, I wish this was just like Dark Crisis Zero and not Justice League number 75 for that exact reason. So I feel like there's just not I don't know. That's a whole other thought, but you're not wrong about any of that. I guess I'm less bothered by that stuff than you are. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. I Zach, just, go ahead. I just want to like it so bad. And I, and I'm, I, I was just really thought looking, it was going yeah. to be more than it is. Yeah. You know? Like <laughs> go off. It's just, it's just so slight that all it essentially just comes down to with relatively like little build up they just, literally like, get sucked from wherever they are in the which, dcu that, that's a big like i don't like this is very pedantic of me <clears throat> like to the max but like the thing that does bother me the most about this is that like well i don't know it like some of these like yes like Bruce could be plucked out of Gotham City at like any point and it, it just like doesn't matter. It's fine. It works. Hawk, Hawk Woman gets pulled from the totality who we still know nothing about. It's fine. Who cares? Superman gets plucked from Warworld in, in like his normal costume. How the fuck does that work? <laughs> you know, like, and like, 
I'm sorry that there's like a really interesting story going on in action comics right now. And this just completely does that a disservice by not playing with it. And that's like the point of a shared universe is that you play well with these things and, and you create a lot, like you create a story that allows you to suspend your disbelief and, and think that all this stuff is like working together. And this like just spits in the face of that. Um, freaking that green power batteries <laughs> the green lantern power batteries there oh fuck all Z- zatanna is always performing a magic show uh-huh whenever oh, whenever yeah. we see her for the first time well Vince, yeah. i mean I, look magicians don't make a ton of money <laughs> she, she has to grind illusions brian <laughs> I, I didn't say I, tricks I, so, so they're, they're, we don't know we don't know how this is going to shake out, but there has already been some rumblings from Uncle Rich that this issue is throwing some kinks editorially and, and creatively in some books, which sucks because it doesn't feel like it's justified in doing that. Like it doesn't, if this book, and th- I mean, I, this is maybe like an unfair criticism, but it's more like, I'm just going to put this out there. Like if this issue like fucks up some other people's runs. I think that's even worse because there's not enough here in the story to justify doing that. I, I I definitely agree with that. However, I think that the only finger to point at that is at DC. Sure. I And that's like, yeah, I'm not saying that's on Williamson per se. Or, um, or, or the editor of this book or anything else. I just think sure. that, that is that is purely something to throw at dc now the, the question that i have about this zach and you have you have somewhat alluded to it through your uh your uh, pedantic you know thoughts which are which are mine as well is that one of the things that williamson said when this was announced was that you know much like i, I think when superman died he was gone almost a full calendar year if not a little bit more after the death and then there was the funeral and there were the four supermen and all that and he said that, that that the death of Justice League was going to be felt for a long time. This was going to be a major piece of DC moving forward for the next however many months or years. But we now have the solicits through uh, July, and Bruce Wayne is still Batman. He's not dead. Clark is still Superman. There are some books like Aquaman is tying into Dark Crisis. Uh, the Flash is tied into Dark Crisis. by the way, right? That I, the, the, the solicits I don't do think not that's say been that. confirmed. Yeah, the solicits do not say it's the final issue. The solicits advertise that as a Dark Crisis tie-in, mm-hmm. um, but not not as being canceled though. So, um, but you know, but but so it's just it's very strange that DC is seemingly now okay with letting writers do these like major status quo shifts that maybe only affect. A handful of books but are being presented as if they are as impactful to the line as crisis on infinite earths or infinite crisis or final crisis or whatever it was and that yeah. that's really probably more than anything else the legacy of uh the metal books where like they were they were treated by their creators as if they were the most important comics coming out but nobody else really treated them that way Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and like yeah. I, I don't think that like I both did and didn't like the metal events, 
in how disconnected they were from the rest of the line. Like on one hand, I'm like, okay, it's fine. They're selling their big story that would fuck with the whole publishing line if it was all connected. So it's disconnected and the rest of the line just gets to do its own thing. Like that's the benefit of that. But it also like part of the reason I like these things is because it all ties together. Right, right. So I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know what is better but I, I just don't like the look of this and like the kind of the the proposition that it gives and the and the kind of like mental gymnastics you have to do to make it work. And also, I just like I just don't think that. Like. I think we're reaching diminishing returns on on crisis on infinite earth nostalgia and pastiches like pariah only works as a villain here if you've read crisis on infinite earths you know and like clark and diana and bruce's deaths that page like only really means something if you've read crisis on infinite earths and and recognize the the visual symbolism there and and you're doing it three times over uh, you know with a diff with different heroes and that like that that is all that like I feel like DC's events have been in the over the last like decade or so is just really probably even longer than that is just like building on crisis nostalgia. You know what? I I don't even mind that if they find something else. Like there's a way to do this and and do those visual nods that are really <clears throat> impactful and really interesting. If you like, no shade to Williamson, who I think is a fine writer. But there's a way to write bringing Pariah back where he's not just a meddlesome, cackling villain, where he is like a sympathetic figure. If you just took the time to do it, you know, but he doesn't come off that way at all in any of this. It's like you said, Zach, the only reason you have any tie to him is because you know of him as a uh, original crisis right, villain right. of sorts, right? My, my slight defense of that is just that there is still plenty of time yeah. to make him into that. You're, I mean, that... Not, not that it necessarily will, but I just feel like, you know, we're asking a lot from one issue here. Let's just hang an asterisk on that and say that that applies to everything I say, but... I mean, we've seen Pariah in other issues and it's been no different, you right. know? It's... And I do think that there's valid criticism of this one issue. I just think to write off a character's role in the arc after one issue is probably a little presumptuous. Sure, yeah. I, I, I mean... guess I guess so. It's just like, it's. this is also kind of the prelude to the third act of this story and like, we've all been pretty had varying levels of criticism of the other two acts. And I, I just, I don't know. Well, I really, I dark crisis seemed like it was going to be the, the thing. And this being essentially like the zero issue is, is not the thing to me. The, the art is fantastic. That's like, I do want to get like Rafa Sandoval is just the best. I love it. It's so good. Can't wait for that guy on, on black Adam. Uh, it's going to be wonderful. Yes, it will be. I, I also think like. I, I we need 
if there is going to be a big like um redemption or deepening of the pariah lore here i i kind of wish writers in general not just williamson everybody everyone in comics seems to do this they don't build to anything anymore it's a lot of it is like they show you something and then they show you how we got there later that's an excellent point and I, I'm so tired of that because, because then how many times do you, and I'm not any of us, I'm talking about any of us. It's not just you that does this, Brian. Like we all do this to a certain degree, depending on who the writer is or who the character is or what the story is. How often do we say, oh, well, I bet there, I bet down the road, we're going to get an answer to that. Or I bet, you know, but I want, I, I feel like every writer does that these days what I would rather see almost is like a, a straightforward front to back storytelling where right up front, they give you a reason to care why Pariah is doing what he's doing. It's the, it's the Arkham tower thing again, right? Like, yep. mm-hmm. Hey, let's show you, let's show you the big explosion at Arkham tower and then spend eight issues getting to that point. And you had no idea why you should care about it in the beginning. And as we slowly show you where we're going ultimately to this place, you already know, guess what? Along the way, you don't really pick up any reason to care because you already know where it's going. You know what I mean? I, that's not exactly what's happening here, but it's still that kind of like, if we expect that at some point they're going to explain to us something about Pariah, like it's just a style of storytelling that I've become tired of. And I think it's very, uh, it's kind of very played out in the age of decompressed comics, because I feel like in issues one or two of something, they do the big bang and then they spend time explaining to you what happened or why. Mm-hmm. And nothing, nothing builds mystery anymore. I, I feel like that's a lost art. I'm sure someone will tell me I'm full of shit. And I, maybe I am, but no, I, I think that's a, a I feeling think, I have. I think that's a, a pretty astute observation. I was trying to think of the last book that really did that for me. And, you know, I sound like a broken record when I say this, but like, I don't think priest Deathstroke had one flashback in it. Oh, I think it did. It had some. But it, it was like it had some. But it was like early but, days with Wintergreen. Yeah, but, but not, you mean like uh, I know what you mean. You're not right. in the no. Let's reveal something big and then go back and re- and tell you the story of it. Like there was none of that. It was yeah. that story was told in a very linear fashion. Yeah. Um, I think it's harder and harder to do that in the age of um, the solicit culture we live in. I yes. actually want. I actually think that's the biggest culprit here. Because I think that for for us to be able to sell comics the way the comics are sold now, you have to be able to tell people, like, this is the hook from the first issue. This comic would have been so much more interesting if I think it was around like 2009 or, or 2008 when DC would release their solicits and some of the covers would just be a question mark in this. Yeah. Yeah. Redacted. And, yeah. Classified. Or redacted. Whatever it was. Classified. I think it was classified, actually. Yes. Um 
But if this had just been advertised as the final issue of Justice League that will lead us into Dark Crisis, and then this happened, mm-hmm. I think we all would have a very different reading of this book. Yeah, because I wouldn't be looking. Here's the thing. You tell me that the Justice League dies at the end and then they do. I'm looking for other stuff within the issue to dig my teeth into. I'm, I'm not I don't mind that you spoil something for me as long as there's something else going on. And there's really not, you know, there really isn't. Sorry, I, I just had to. No, I, I, I agree with that. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I don't know how we I don't know how we get away from this, though. I yeah. don't remember the last event for Marvel or DC that had a truly surprising thing happen in it. I can think of issues that did, but I can't think of the last event that really challenged what I thought it was going to be going into it mm-hmm. or surprised me in any meaningful way. I wish they could just tell you, like, I suppose, I suppose they would be accused of, um, flim flam even worse than they are but i wish they could just tell you like hey this issue is really important mm-hmm. because I, they do it and they'll tell you they'll tell you straight out this is why they do it because they want people to be going to the shop and picking up the issue they want they want the speculation they want the they want people to think this is a key issue that's going to be worth something someday you know I, I wish there was a way for them to do that without telling you explicitly what it is. Um, I don't know how much they want speculation. Oh, I think they do because, because it drives sales. Even if, even if, you know, the speculation has people thinking that they're going to sell things for more than they're worth, but no matter what people are talking about it and people are buying more of these issues. So I think they do want speculation. I don't know. You're 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 probably right, but I have never heard. Well, there's one very different, one very glaring example. I'm not going to talk about. I've never heard people who work in comics. Not, maybe not. I'm sure Warner Brothers want speculation, but I've never heard a person who works in comics like wax poetic about the grand old days of speculation. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, I I just wish that this was a little bit more like I just this is not an interesting start to Dark Crisis to me that the most interesting thing is what I mean I guess the most interesting thing is that yes the Justice League are off the board mm-hmm. that, that is an interesting thing but like you could begin the story with the justice league off the board you didn't need a 30 odd page book showing them go off the board yeah and okay all right two things i'd like to springboard off of that that you just said zach um i think this will be a fine table setter for dark crisis if dark crisis is not just about getting the justice league back if it's about getting the Justice League back, I what did we do this for? But it will be though. Uh, well, I know that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm disappointed. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, what it what if? I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. I'm saying imagine a world where 
a fifth world. <laughs> yes, essentially. That's not what I was going to say, but that's basically what I'm going to say. I was going to say, imagine if Stan Lee created the Justice League. Imagine if, <laughs> yeah, imagine if, imagine if uh, Akira Yoshida created the DC universe. <laughs> um, no, imagine if everybody thinks Dark Crisis is about getting the Justice League back, but what it's really about is, is something else entirely. And it's it's really just about this new youth movement rising to the occasion. And you don't get the Justice League back in the end to save the day. I I wanted to I wanted to have a reason to buy this. Like I have very few reasons to like buy, especially like Cape Comics anymore, because like they're just not things that I'm gonna reread, you know, and it, it takes like a really good story to make me want to pick it up with the purposes of like keeping it and revisiting it. And there, I, uh, there's no point to ever read this issue again is how I feel. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it, I thought it would be something that would be, that would be more lasting and more impactful, but it, it is not. And can I just say like on a personal taste level, leaving black Adam as the one alive is the most boring choice in the world to me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't I think like any of them would have been I I don't know like that aspect of it. I'm here here's what I'll say. I'm interested okay. in the Christopher Priest Black Adam book. Mm-hmm. I am no longer interested in him as the one guy left over from what happened in Justice League 75. Get him out of there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder if that's going to bleed into Priest's book at all. I don't think so. I think Priest's book is going to be as as far from this as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I was just, I thought that this book was going to be kind of a sea change in terms of like the the like momentum and, and kind of import of the story and it it wasn't. I don't think i think that's fair i again like to me what's what's unfortunate about this is that i think if next week was dark crisis number one i would have been a lot more forgiving about this yeah probably but but because we have the free comic book day issue coming out in a couple of weeks and then after that we have still another month before dark crisis number one that this is the sort of the last word on this event for a couple of weeks and that to me feels like the biggest crime of all here because this does not feel there is not enough here to leave me like substantially interested in what's going on mm-hmm. yeah and and I know like you you've said before that it's just like it's just one issue you know we're comparing one issue or we're 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 looking at one issue but it it really is one issue in an in an ongoing story like I said that we've all kind of been a little a little low on yeah mm-hmm. yes so so yeah. yeah. 
Well, let's do this. Let's take a break. We talked a lot about that. I think we're going to fly through the other issues we have to talk about this week. So let's take a break now. And when we come back, we're talking about the final uh, four books of the week. So stay tuned. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. And we are back. We're going to do a double shot here. We're going to review parts three and four of Shadow War, which take place in Deathstroke Inc. number eight by Josh Williamson and Paolo Pantalena, as well as Robin number 13 by Josh Williamson and Roger Cruz. So, um, Vincey, start us off with this. What did you think of these uh, these two chapters of Shadow War? Um, <laughs> again, uh, maybe I'm just struggling to enjoy things <laughs> in general lately. Um, what I will say is, as I, as I read them, they went down incredibly easy. They are... I've praised Williamson's work on Deathstroke, Inc. and Robin both recently for being so succinct and streamlined and really like letting the art do a lot of the work and not filling it up with excessive um, exposition or anything like that. I think that continues here. These are incredibly slick comics. The, the Paolo Pantalena art is not really my bag. The Roger Cruz is pretty close to my bag. It's it's (laughs) very, it's very playful. It's, it's fun at times. It's, it's like, um, we've, we've compared it to Gleb's art, I think in the past. And it's like, he doesn't quite get there, but to me, it's very funny that this, that this event, these, these two issues in particular have a poor man's Howard Porter followed by a poor man's Gleb. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. That who is are the two, who were the two artists who were doing these books before? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a very good way of, of saying that. Um, And so I think like I I read them and they went down really smoothly. They had the appearance of fun to them, but really they were going through some motions that I hate to say sag because again, they move very uh, swiftly. It's not like these are like slogs to get through, but it is somehow mid event sag in that the beginning of the of this event was kind of this explosive big bang that we we enjoyed and now this is like okay the first issue has to get uh it's it's only the only thing it's trying to accomplish is getting robin and ravager to the same place that bruce and talia are and then the next issue its only concern really is to get the current version of Batman Inc involved with the, this team that's already now put together. I think that's a little bit reductive. Well, I don't know what else is really going on in this. It's a, it's a lot about, no, I mean, I I think if you look at it from a, from a, um, 
like I, I understand that is the impulse to look at everything as what is being put on the table in this issue. And I will agree that the stuff you talked about are the things that are being put on the table, the new elements here. But I think that these issues do a couple of really important things for the plot. I think that they introduce uh, Bruce believing that Slade did not do this. I think that's the most important like plot thing beyond introducing Batman Inc. or anything else, just to show like that Bruce has that 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 Damien has convinced Bruce that Slade did not necessarily do this. I think that is an important plot beat that was accomplished here. I think the introduction of Robin to respawn as a brother. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, he's really fun. I loved the way that Bruce was used in the Deathstroke issue when he's talking to. Is it who is the 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 villain that um uh that that was captured by Talia um Raptor Raptor yeah. And how Raptor was like, hey, kid, you did great in the death tournament. And he just says, like, what death tournament? Like, it's a it's a really well done Bruce beat. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like Bruce was handled very well here. I think they did a really good job of bringing the various pieces together here. And I know that, again, like, you can look at that as just perfunctory, like, we have to get players from point A to point B. But I think this is this handles it much, much more interestingly. I also like like Slade having a headquarters in San Francisco because the Titans used to live there. I think all of that was, was pretty fun in the Robin issue. I thought there was some, um, there's not a ton of stuff with Ravager and Robin, but I think that their partnership is handled well here. That that was seen a long time ago in uh, Robin, the first issues of that book. I just think overall Robinson, not Robinson Williamson, rather look at me going back to James Robinson always, um, Williamson has a really good beat on who these characters are right now, and I think he's introducing them. I think he's he's pairing them up in interesting ways, and I'm excited to see Bruce and Damien back together again. I never, you know, I'm not somebody who wants more comics with Batman in it, but we it's been a long time since we've seen Damien and Bruce together, and I'm excited to see them together a little bit here. I think that's going to be an interesting story beat. I. I, I I really enjoyed these two issues. Uh, Zach, you haven't said anything about these yet. What do you think? I I mean, I thought that they were like much less interesting than the first two issues. I mostly agreed with what Vince said about them, but like I I I do I probably would have erred on like the reductivity, and I think your point about like the some of the character beats were were good and and important. Um, I just you guys care, are just not I, in the mood to read comics lately. Is what it comes uh, down to. What makes no, you say that? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, uh, Brian, you won me over. I I agree with you on the Damien stuff. Yeah, I I don't know about I don't know about everything, but but the, you bringing up all the different Damien bits across these two issues, um. Yeah, I, I, I think I was not giving that stuff enough credit. Um, I, I think that these two issues would read really well in like the total package in the in the trade as like, yes, they do further the story. I just think it's like we're at a point of the story that is less interesting to me. 
uh some some of the char character beats are nice i i don't know yeah it I really mean, is it really is hard to not just like look at these issues and think like yes this is about getting everyone together but like so vince vincent said that you know it was about getting the batman inc involved here batman inc is on the last page of this issue and i'm pretty sure it has nothing to do with shadow war I'm pretty sure that has to do with <laughs> the next part of Deathstroke Inc. You could be right, yeah. And so, like, now, I the don't... next part of Deathstroke Inc. is uh, Deathstroke Inc. Year One, or Deathstroke Year One. I think there's one issue in between that, but I could be wrong. I, don't, I feel like I feel like this is you don't you you don't think um, I I don't I don't know how long Shadow War goes on for honestly. I feel like they're bringing them into the story because they're going to be part of the crossover. Robin number 14, looking it up now. I think they'll be in the next issue of Batman, which is the next issue. I, I One thing I, I cannot undersell is, is how much the Pantalena art's not for me. And so I think like... I wish it was Joey Pants, am I right? <laughs> Joe Pantaleano drawing Yes. A, yes. Yeah. Yep. No, I just... I don't know. It, it repels me. It's it's like It's like Howard Porter, but somehow like reverting back to the 90s and even more so somehow um but yeah but I you're, still, you're right I still, about the damien stuff like and especially if it's bringing bruce and damien back together that's that's really a worthy cause um I think you're right, Brian. It is it's it's less that these are necessarily worse issues than the first couple and more that I'm not in the mood for them right now. <laughs> and, it's also, uh, I do think it is like the nature of just like Kate comic storytelling right now. That is, is like, this is just not a fun way to consume a story. I don't think See, I disagree. I actually think this is, I'm having a lot of fun with this. I mean, I was having fun with it. The first two chapters, but that, I, that's that's what happens with us, though, is that we like something when it first starts and then we get tired of it. Regardless well, of how I'm, good it is, well, we get tired of it. I no, I think it is like the, I get tired of this type of storytelling. Yeah, for sure. I do. I think it's a bad way to have to consume stories. Um, and I do think that these two issues are considerably less interesting than the first two in terms of like what happens in the story. Um, I am the crankiest guy in every part of my life, except for this podcast. I don't know what I don't know. You, you call yourself I, the, uh, something else in every other part of your life. Really. I, maybe maybe I, I, I'm I both of those things. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I just. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't think I mean. I'm the freaking Kingdom Hearts boy. I don't think I like am the paragon of like uh, <laughs> literary criticism. Yeah, like, but I mean, you can at least I know what I like. I know what engages me, and th this this isn't it. <laughs> well, it's <sighs> here's what my problem is, Brian. I I. I admit to underselling Damien's role in all of this and, and kind of some of the character growth or development that we got to see. And I think the reason why is because I think back on what these two issues were and they came across as a lot of like 
mindless fighting with some good character moments interspersed in between. And for some reason, those like character moments didn't stick in my mind. And just the, the, the Pantalena art of this like angel breaker character and Raptor fighting is what stuck in my head. That's and a relatively small I, amount of the comic. I know it is, but I'm I'm saying the art had a I what I'm saying is sure, the art sure. had a very adverse effect to my enjoyment of it. Sure. Because 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 the comic appears as one thing to me and I kind of lose my toehold on on some of maybe its virtues. I mean, I I'm just paging through this comic right now. Uh-huh. And I believe there is less than four pages of fighting. Yeah. Out of See, 20 pages. Yeah. Even if I, I know what you're saying. Sometimes it feels different than that. It's that but, art. I don't know. I don't know. Like, so I'm like flipping through Deathstroke and, you know, we open up. Yeah. With, with the, with Raptor and the death angel, angel breaker, then we have like a double spray page spread that's full of characters that I cannot recognize aside from Prometheus and Merlin. Like, so, you know, I, I don't know. And then we have this, it, it, we have this scene with Slade and, and Ravager, which. Respawn. Yeah. Respawn, which like, I, I don't know. I thought this whole sequence was kind of, it was whatever it, it, it is. A, it, it's kind of a lot of nothing. I think, um, in terms of character development or, or you know, learning more about these characters. Um, I don't know. I'm flipping through this and it's just, I think Deathstroke, this issue of Deathstroke, I think is pretty, it's worse than Robin. I, yeah. I, I think nothing happens in this Deathstroke issue, actually looking through it. Uh, I think it's, it's all in Robin. It's, yeah. It's all the art for me. Because the art even, is part of it, but. Even these moments that, that would be fun between like, Slade and Respawn, I, I cannot get behind looking at the art. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I, I think I think that Deathstroke is a, is a worse issue than Robin by a good good bit. Yeah, the Robin, the Roger Cruz stuff, I have a more of a fondness for, and consequently, that's where all the good Damien stuff is happening that that Brian's talking about. Right. And so, yeah, I would say. I would say this issue is better than than I gave it credit for. But then the problem is, is that just having read these in quick succession, they're they're blending together in my mind when maybe they shouldn't. Yeah, that's the problem. See, we had a breakthrough here, Brian. We did. Kind of. <laughs> look at he doesn't even care. Look at look. Oh, no, you man. Know, you, you know what's honestly happening? What I'm prepping my first joke of our detective comics review. Uh-huh. <laughs> so okay. I need to, I, I need there it is. Okay. I, I I was searching for a phrase and I found it. Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing, Brian. Uh, we're meeting you halfway here. We are literally something that never happens in the age of social media. You are changing our mind on something through through debate in the marketplace of ideas. And you're off thinking of some dick joke while we're it's not, being it's, no. It's well, a joke you're both. It's a joke you're both going to love. Okay, trust me, it's worth it. 
And, I've, and, and I, I'm glad we agree. I'm, I'm glad that we can come to some consensus here. That's good. Can we talk about Detective Comics now? Sure. <laughs> yeah, you really badly want to get to this joke. Okay. So, so you don't, about... for, so you don't forget it, old man. No, I've written down now. Um, okay. So it's Tech 1059, written by Mariko Tamaki and Nadia Shamas, illustrated by Ivan Reyes. And this issue is the Riddler being Dr. Amp. <laughs> Dig yourself out of the shit, Gotham. <laughs> it is exactly that. You made me like it a lot more. <laughs> it, I, 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 wrote, I couldn't think of the phrase Dr. Amp when, when Dr. Jacoby was going by. On his TV I can show. never remember that either. No. Uh, yeah, no. So, I could, so yeah. From, from Twin Peaks to Return, this yeah. is this is uh, Dr. Jacoby being Dr. Amp and just doing his like pirate broadcast spewing uh, propaganda. And this, right. is, this is exactly what the Riddler is doing in this issue. The Riddler is Dr. Amp. Yes, except instead of like wearing cool um bi glasses, bicolored yeah. glasses, he's he looks like Gavin McInnes. Yeah, instead yes. of being quirky and, and endearing and he it just he looks like a dapper Nazi. Yeah. yeah. What would the Riddler be what would be his gold plated shovel? What would be the thing the Riddler is selling here? Uh would it be like Riddler mustache wax? Would it be those fedoras? It would be, it would be copies of a spoken word album on vinyl. <laughs> it would be, it'd be Brain Force Plus. This thing, as I believe. Yeah, that's a that's a very deep Simpsons joke for Walt, who will never yep. hear this. Um, it would. He listens to us. No, he said he doesn't listen to us in a year. <sighs> Man, I listen to him every week. <laughs> anyway, uh, but so this this issue is a kicking off of a new new storyline. It is Riddler based, but there are a number of characters who we have seen as being like paragons of Gotham who are involved in this um, this sort of you know nefarious plot that is going on. Uh, Chase Meridian and um, Judge. Uh, I forgot the judge's last name already. Judge Donovan, who is the daughter of the muckraking reporter that Tamaki's been using now for a little while. Um, and, you know, we're just we're seeing sort of these like these regular Gotham citizens or supposedly upstanding pillars of Gotham all being manipulated seemingly by the Riddler for some reason or another. And I think ultimately that could be a fun story. However, I'm getting real tired of these stories where everyone in Gotham is corrupt somehow. Somebody else talk. That's like uh, me complaining about a story where Deathstroke gets into a fight. Well, like everybody <laughs> no, is. You know. I know. <laughs> um, I'm glad that Reyes is back on art. I like that. Uh yeah, that was nice. Because because Reyes can draw like um people talking in a courtroom or whatever and, and make it look interesting. You know? Mm-hmm. Reyes has become very good at like the facial acting posing. Not 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 like overly posed art, but I mean like 
you know, like acting. He's really good with that stuff. Um, I didn't mind the the massive corruption angle. I and I know the I know the point is you're not supposed to like the Riddler, but I fucking hate this Riddler. This is a very annoying Riddler. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is. I I almost want stu- stupid sexy Riddler back. Oh no! I don't the, want that back either. Well. This guy is just, oh, I I suppose it's the point. Maybe it means they did a really good job, but he just he just pisses me off every time I see his his green word bubbles, and it's all just this like very high and mighty bullshit. I like a sillier riddle Riddler. Yes, you know what you know what Riddler was my favorite Riddler of all time, and this is so like, um. This is so like uh, so Vince. It's so cliche of me. Is it the the, the the when he was the like detective character working with the yeah, yeah. the the, the uh, Gotham City Sirens? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, That's the, my, the, because the Paul he wasn't stuff. the yeah. Paul Dini stuff. Yeah. Because he he wasn't a good guy, good guy, but like he had a sense of humor without being like Jim Carrey wacky. He was a villain, but he was also sometimes doing good things for his own ends. It's just, I like a layered character like that, that I feel like at a, at a certain point in time, Dini was really good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I know it's not fair to always want the thing that you liked from the past to come back, but this guy is just a, like, I only want for Batman to find him in the very next issue and punch his lights out. And <laughs> not have to listen to him anymore. And while that makes him like a proper villain, it's not fun to read. <laughs> I'm I, I'm interested in everything else going on. Like I, I I legitimately I was more interested in the in Bruce and the relation potential relationship with this judge um who is the daughter of Deb Donovan apparently like all of that I can kind of vibe with. Um just this Riddler is a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he sucks. Um... Why? I don't know. Why do you think he sucks so much? Because because there's too many people like him online already. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think what what is this? Is it bad when comics try to be topical and timely? Most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the problem. Okay. As with anything, there's a way to do it well, but I think like, I accidentally see enough of these Riddler type guys online right now like claiming that all teachers are pedophiles or whatever um speaking in this same manner about your your leaders or whatever you know mm-hmm. um i i suppose it's supposed to remind you of that and and maybe it's having its intended effect and and 
and I just don't like how that feels. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I just... I don't think that every villain needs to be cool and likable. No. But I also think that if you're going to be spending six months with a character or, or however many weeks with the character, whatever it is, like you don't want to just punch them in the face every time they appear in the issue. I don't think they have to be. I don't I think they just have to. I don't know. I, 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 I don't, don't even, know. I don't even think this arc is going to be that long. Is it? Cause when do, when does the new team take over? I don't know. In July. So it's not six months, but it's, yeah. I, the uh, arc is called the seven. So I imagine it's seven issues. <laughs> That can't be right, right? That can't be right. I don't know. Unless it's double shipping. I think it is. Uh, okay. Oh. Well, I don't know. I, I Again, I hate to say this, but, you know, we never claimed to be objective, right? Mm-hmm. Objective criticism is very hard. I think coming off of the Batman... This is not the Riddler from the Batman. No, no. But it's humorless in the exact same way. You know, he's not this like a uh, weird, like crypto MacGyver guy that like um, looks like he put every, put everything together in a garage or whatever. But it's it's a humorless Riddler. You know, yes, it's a very it's a very um, uh, society. We live in the society Riddler, <laughs> you know, yes, that that's another uh, another kind of like side point is like. I get very I'm, I'm instantly already turned off by this arc because I get turned off anytime comic. Like. That, that comic books are the tail and, and comic book movies are the are you know the one wagging the dog's tail you know where right. we're only getting this arc right now because dc needs to have a joker story because a riddler just, story uh, yeah riddler story i mean because we just had a riddler movie and that that alone kind of turns me off of it sure um it reminds me of how I just saw a, a Black Adam variant cover where the rock was. Yes. Okay, so no, I think that's I think that's the real cover because that's, oh, no. that, 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 that's... that is the real cover. Those are tie-ins to the movie. Those are not. Yeah. In I know. Movie. I know. Yeah. Did you hear my did you hear my fake theory about it, though? That this is that. Uh, <laughs> say it on the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, Christopher Priest said something to the effect of. Um, I can't believe DC is letting me do this story. And we're going to find out that the story is that within the canon of the comic book DCU, Dwayne, the rock Johnson becomes black Adam. I think it would be so funny if Dwayne, the rock, I mean, if black Adam, like becomes a WWE wrestler somehow in the comics and uh, (laughs) just just fries people with his uh, lightning and shit. We get um, Rafa Sandoval, recreations of the vince mcmahon faces oh man that's that's all we can ask for in this world Uh uh-huh 
Uh, but speaking of things we didn't ask for in this world, let's talk about Gotham Girl Interrupted, the backup oh, for this. That's what I did. I did ask for that, actually. Uh, and they delivered. Uh, they written, did. written by Cena Grace, illustrated by David Lapham. Uh, this is by far the best part of the issue. This is the best thing I read all week. This is the best thing I read all week. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe we're all basically in agreement here. <laughs> yeah, this was delightful. Ar- ar- artistically as a story it's it's good uh get me a gotham girl 12 issue black series book by this team black label, label. Book, i mean yeah kind of star you, wars you, toys now you, black know, black. you know tom king would slide in and and demand oh, yeah. the the spot though uh he wouldn't let it happen that's true he someone would say 12 issue mini and he's got like an alarm in his um bunker that would go off he'd be he'd be on the phone with dc so fast step off that's my shit i mean to be fair like if that keeps king away from mainstream continuity for the most part <laughs> i'm do your 12 issues king yeah mm-hmm. go off king yeah go off someplace else tom king um talk about this zach it was just really fun and good it's it's like i mean i have always unironically liked gotham girl i think even like from the big the first king arc just because i think she's a cool design and has a like really good overwrought emo origin (laughs) um (laughs) and but i think now having like a a uh a writer with nuance yeah (laughs) that's a nicer way of saying it yeah tackling this character and spinning out of arkham tower in like the most interesting aspect like doing something interesting with that story you know and it it's just good and 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 the the new redesign looks good 10 out of 10 costume if i do say so Um, I, I i actually uh don't love the costume only because uh, I feel like it's a half measure. Go all the way. Give her a storm mohawk. Come on. Well, maybe. But I like her. I like her short cropped hair like that. Her or her like buzzed hair. It's a good look still. I, I I really like the kind of like poncho cape thing. Yes, that is that is good. I think that's really cool. Um I think that she is like such an interesting wrinkle in the Gotham family you know i don't really want to call her part of she's not part of the bat family but she's part of the gotham line of things and she's she's just so unique and interesting compared to everyone else she's one of like the few characters with powers she i don't know i think she's one of the more interesting additions to the to to gotham in a, in a few years and and i well, i want to see more of her. Seen her yeah i mean we, we haven't seen her really since when i think she was in that um there was that crossover between batman and flash that was like the sequel to the button do you remember that yes uh, that williamson did i don't remember when that was but i think that might have been the last time that was at least three-ish years ago right yeah yeah definitely um so yeah no this is i i just i really like this and and it ends on an interesting hook 
the dialogue was really good, really, really smart, I think. Um, I, I could just keep heaping praise on this. So somebody else say something. Vincy? Well, I mean, it's well established what a fan of David Lapham I am. Um, and the art, the art really sells this because it doesn't feel like a superhero comic, right? Mm. Um, it starts off with that that close up that I don't know if it's who I should say it it, it looks like other than David Lapham, you know. But like that that is a, a page that you would see in like a Charles Charles Burns or something, right? Like it evokes that kind of like straight on um, close up um, facial profile style, right? Of like an indie comic or something. To me, it looks like the cover of Andrew WK's I Get Wet. <laughs> uh, I love New York City. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. New York City. Um, you really derailed me. I love I'm that sorry. album. Um, um, but, you know, from 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 the jump. Yeah, there's superhero elements. She's obviously a superhero. She flies out of a or through burst through somebody's ceiling at one point, you know, but the dialogue is irreverent in the way it, it very much keeps up like the way that Gotham girl talked when Tom King wrote her without the hyper-specific Tom King ticks that are repetitive and that you can pick out of a lineup you know right right um like 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 she sounds like like a high schooler or at least an approximation of what like a writer thinks a high schooler sounds like or what sounds good to write in a comic uh about a high schooler (laughs) um in the way that everyone's talking you know I, i love the bit where she like she's talking to this gang in the in the arcade or whatever and she keeps going and going and and the the gang leader is like, just get the fuck out of here already yeah. or whatever he says. And then she smashes through the roof, you know, and that, that's a great little bit of comedy there. It's a nice little bit of writing. And then the other thing that's so great. Oh, and I just scrolled past this, this giant picture of the, the GCPD blimp, mm-hmm. which hits, hits those like uh, Tim, Tim and Dini Batman notes that we all love. Right. Um. But what follows then is this like there there's 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 an interrogation of Gotham Girls trauma to a certain extent without being the very like maudlin calling attention to itself, taking it over the top type of thing, right? Like it's an aspect of her life that she has to live with and deal with, but she still has a life going on that she needs to make it, make it look good. Right. She's talking with this um, friend of hers from the theater group or whatever. And she's got this like internal monologue racing through her head. And, and it's, it's very naturalistic in that, like, this is what people with um, certain behavioral health issues deal with or what runs through their head right but it's not it's not her sitting there telling the reader 
this is my trauma and this is exactly how I feel about it. No, it's her experiencing this naturalistically within this dialogue that's actually also going on externally, right? Mm -hmm. It's all happening kind of in a real time fashion rather than, rather than really dwelling on it too much. You know, it's, again, it's a different approach to a similar theme that, than what Tom King takes. And I vastly prefer this approach where it's not dwelled on so much and it's not hammered on so much with really melodramatic King's narration can be so melodramatic. Um, there's, there's less stylistic show offiness here um, on Cena Grace's part. Whereas in Tom King, it's very show offy. Oh, look at, look at me. I'm talking about trauma right now. Isn't this, isn't this wild for a Batman story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm rambling, but, but I, I really liked the, the kind of trick that this pulled off. Um, especially contrasted with the previous writer that I, that took the same character and I did not care for it at all. Yeah. And I, I think that's a very good point. I think that so much of this happens to be, just, I mean, you know, yes, King, I, I I guess, created the character. And so you have to give, you have to give a certain amount of grace to a creator to say, you know, they know better than we do about who the character is since they created the character. But that said, I, I feel like this is a much more honest and natural character than the one that King gave us. And that's, that's where my interests always lie and just a character that feels more natural. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the art's great. I mean, it's, you know, Lapham doesn't need us to praise him for to get, to get, to get his name out there, right? Like it's, he's a well-established master of comics. And I think this does a really good job of, like you said, Vince blending some sort of like normal, comp, normal Cape comic stuff with some stuff that feels a little bit more underground and left of center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to see where this goes. The, the the one panel I really love is when um, Gotham Girl is like, she got overwhelmed by this conversation she was having with the, with this kid. And she's like storming out in the foreground and her eyes are like uh, uh, leading smoking flames, or whatever. Yeah. 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 And she's walking towards the foreground and then there's depth going to the back where they're working on the sets and they're, you know, rehearsing or whatever. And, that's that's just straight out of an indie comic isn't it like the way that that's staged and uh, i just love the way that looks i love that stuff in my superhero comics yeah yeah well i liked a comic can you believe it i i truly cannot i'm i'm alerting the press right now you like that you like a backup in a comic. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get to the final comic of the week, which is Trial of the Amazons number two, written by Deep Breath, Becky Cluna, Michael W. Conrad, Vida Ayala, Stephanie Williams, and Joel Jones, illustrated by Elena Casagrande, Laura Braga, Skylar Patridge, Adriana Mello, and Joel Jones. It's a lot of creators for a mid comic.
I almost have nothing to say about this. I like those pages where can Antiope, I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, sure. Okay, I, I think we're gonna say when Diana and Yara were talking about Wonder Girl as a name. No, I, that that was. Mm, I, I'll get in trouble with certain people if I say that that was too cute, but it it was a little too cute for me. Um, <laughs> Zach, uh, little scamp. I know, I know, I know. Ain't he a stinker? Uh, but no, I liked the pages where I think it was like Antiope and Atalanta like sacrifice themselves and the the art kind of did that um, like color inversion thing. It wasn't really like mm-hmm. inverted color, but it went sort I know of what like, you mean. Yeah, 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 kind of like monochromatic and uh, like that the villain chaos is like dialogue kind of started to fade. It was like a very interesting visual effect, I think, to kind of differentiate from what was going on in the preceding pages and uh comics are a visual medium i i thought that that i i just thought it was like a neat section uh boy though was i underwhelmed with the the finale of this Our silence is saying everything about this, isn't it? Uh, I, I I will say I like how a lot of this looks. I think the art's pretty good. I, I love, I think this is a very nice rendering of Themyscira and sort of some of the underground bits of it as well. I think I, I could not care less about the central villain of all of this there was a central I'm, villain of all of this yeah right exactly well exactly. If, we, if we had all read the sphere of the gods arc like we should have <laughs> if we had all been good readers but uh, yeah i don't know i mean no. no um i think i mean you all know that the i've i've said this before we knew that the trial of the Amazons was going to end up being just uniting all of these groups together to fight a common enemy. That's the way these stories work. That's probably the way they should work. You know, um, frankly, there's, there's not often a good reason to have heroic characters fighting one another all the time. And so I, I, I love a story where these disparate groups could come together and and fight a common enemy if the common enemy was anything other than a generic shadow monster yep <laughs> right goop i'm tired the, of the you know, not dark- so great darkness yes exactly it's the same thing isn't it right yep except the funny thing is is that it's not going to have any tie to the great darkness right? right like this is not supposed to be the same thing but it may as well be um I'm I'm just I think I'm just tired of uh the heroes fighting dark goop uh as the enemy. <laughs> um because you can't get me to care about those pages then. A- any of this stuff in the beginning, yeah, sure it looks great when they're all posing up against this goop, but you can't get me to care about anything they're saying, doing. Don't care about any of it until the falling action of the story after the enemy's defeated. I liked all of that stuff. I was charmed enough by it. Kind of the, 
putting the picking the pieces up and putting them back together. The I did. You're right, Zach. It the stuff was like overly cutesy between uh, Diana and Yara, but I liked it. Like for what it was. Same. same. Yeah, sweet moment. Great visuals. Like the the images of all the tiaras, <laughs> just very like the t- the t armory was the, the, that was funny. Yeah, yeah, right. All that that bit was all great. That's character stuff that I'll. I think I, I mostly just like, hate when characters talk over each other. I think I think that yeah. was the, the bit that like I was. Well, but it's not even Bendisy. Like it's not on the Bendis level. It's 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 kind of doing a similar thing, but the dialogue's pretty succinct. You know. Well, so yeah. there was one part of that that I did not enjoy though which was Diana telling Yara like how different and radical she was, but how she's earned the title of Wonder Girl. When have we seen her been that difficult and radical? Like that felt like a big leap. Like I don't think anything we've read outside of that one page of dialogue would have had us think that about that character. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do feel like we I I I have like not really wanted to express this because you know I haven't read all of Wonder Girl but I have kind of gotten the impression that we are kind of being told how we're supposed to feel about Yara Floor rather yes, than 100%. like 100% being shown things and allowing us to form our own opinions about her wow you just called her a Mary Sue I can't believe I don't think what that's what I said <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say she is like <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, no, you're absolutely right. You're you're 100% right. I just had to get that in. Yeah. No, it's just it just seems to me like it's going to be much more interesting if there was a reason for us to care about Yara Floor besides just that she looked cool in the future state. Which is yeah. honestly like you don't have to do that much more. Like I was like all in on Yara Floor, like from the get-go. And I feel like DC in general has been trying to make me not be in on Yara <laughs> Floor. Um I don't know. Um I, yeah, no, you're right. I, one of the things I wanted to say here is this reminded me a bit of Brightest Day in a very particular way. Now, we never got to that as part of our crisis management, sadly, because I'm sure we, would, we all would have loved reading 26 issues of Brightest Day plus all the tie-ins or whatever. But what I remember about Brightest Day was at the end of it, very much feeling like, okay, I like where this is leading in terms of, I think there's some good stuff to come from this. Like It's set up good stuff going forward, but I do not care at all about the comic itself and that's kind of how i feel about this where i feel like i do think having a more prominent place for nubia is a good thing i think think that was earned that was that was the one part of this that really was earned over the course of months yes agreed agreed i think having artemis on the run could be an interesting thing to happen i think having a united Amazons, you know, the, the three tribes or whatever, I think that could be a an interesting and kind of fun status quo for a little while if 
if the right team is playing with it. I think all this stuff is good. I just think that it would have been so much better to just start this arc or to start this event with all that stuff already having happened instead of showing us all of this because nothing was gained from this. Yeah, I don't really understand what the point of this story was other than getting some pieces moved around, but like Nubia was already the Nubia was like the acting queen, right? Yeah, she was the queen. She wasn't even the acting queen. She was the queen. She was the queen. Yeah. And now she's just even she's like really she's the queen. Just, yeah, she's a super the queen. Yeah. I, I get that you want to maybe maybe DC looked at it and said, okay, we have you know Cassie Sandsmark, we have Yara Floor, we have Diana, all these characters. We don't necessarily have anything. Um we don't have anything connecting those characters. Let's find a way to connect these characters. Yeah. Yeah. But, but again, I feel like this was a long, this is a very roundabout way to get to that where they could have done that just in a much more, you know, without all the hoopla here. Maybe, maybe Jim Lee's Nightwing is Hippolyta where he's wanted to kill her this whole time. But now that Didio is out of the way, you can finally do it. You can finally do it. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do think that like getting the Amazonian status quo to this point was an important thing and like merging all these tribes. And and I guess you need like a story reason for that happening, but I just yeah, I don't I don't feel like this was that compelling of a story to get that together. I don't I don't know. It was not a fun read. I don't No, it wasn't. Think and I'll say this too, and part of this is my ignorance as a reader or my whatever as a reader, but I feel like it can be very hard for me to keep track of the sort of B and C level Amazonians. Mm. And by doing a story that has all those characters in one place, I still don't have a great sense of some of those characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a complaint I've had about the Wonder Woman books for, for a while. And like, like, could we, could we please just get like a character guide or something? Just like a quick, quick refresher. The best version of that is George Perez's run. Vince, did you agree with that? That gives the Amazonians more of a personality. Um, like individual characters. Yes. But I think, I think, I think if you're talking about just Amazonians, I think it's a smaller cast. It is, yes. Um, I mean, they're all there, but like as far as the ones whose names you need to remember, like he gives you fewer. There's yes. more like gods and stuff involved in that one that you have I, to keep straight. And I, I imagine also probably helps that like it was all written drawn by one artist primarily, whereas this is like five artists. So even if you right right think you know who a character is when one person is drawing it, someone else might draw them later and they look different enough that you are questioning whether or not that's the same character. Yes. That's an excellent point. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I was flipping through the solicits today and there's uh, the collection of Yara Flora stories coming out and it's the two future state Wonder Woman stories. Uh, the bit from infinite frontier zero, the seven issues of wonder girl and the two issues of wonder girl trial of the Amazons. 
how disjointed are those two issues going to read in that collection? Yeah, they're not going to, none of that is going <laughs> to, none of that is going to work. No, it is the most, that is the most disjointed collection I've ever heard of. Hmm. Um, and it's such a shame because that character had so much hype. Everybody was hyped about that character. That was a very exciting character for a little bit of time. And it's been nothing but let down since then. Yeah, it's such a great visual design, too. Um, and then but also the show got canceled, right? That, that well, the never, show never even happened. It was, yeah, it never even happened. But plans for it got canceled. And yes, it just makes you think like. It makes you think Joel Jones drew a really top notch design and then. <laughs> And then they said, then they said, there's the book, a coffee table book about coffee tables. You're probably, yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the next Yara floor thing will be really cool. I hope so. Like, I don't know. She's going to die on the way back to her home planet. I mean, you would, she's in the justice league, isn't she? I know. I know. Yeah. But, and also like the, I mean the the Escada, like they are am they're Amazonians now. Like they are they are supporting cast. Like she's got to be around. Or what was the point of all this? Right. Oh well, no, she will. She will. that's that's my question with sort of all these characters though. I mean, I know we're getting a Nubia one shot, and we're getting the Artemis one shot. But like, are these characters actually going to show up places? I I mean, what is the Wonder Woman book moving forward now? Because that is like the only ongoing book again, right? Yes. As far as we know, unless there's some announcement later. Is is Wonder Woman all of this now? Um, I don't think so. Hang on, talk amongst yourselves for a second. I'm gonna look at the solicits for July <sighs> and, and see what the Wonder Woman book is even, you know, talking about come July. Well, I think the best Yarrow Floor stuff was in that Superman Wonder Woman Future State oh, book. Oh man, that which was is delightful. In, which is not collected right. in that in that book for whatever reason. And if that's the same vibe that for Yara that ends up on the Justice League, then then we're fine. All right. Here is the, the solicit text. Manifest your future. Thanks to Sicko's new catchphrase. Jesus Christ, I forgot about Sicko. Uh, he's gained fans, and more importantly, soldiers in his war against Wonder Woman. But with Checkmate at our hero's side, the depraved doctor will have to bring in some big guns. Like the, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing in here about the other characters. Which, I mean, like, that's fine if, like, they're just going to take an arc to do, like, a Wonder Woman-centric story. Sure. But still, I don't know. You think you need, like, a World of Themyscira book or something to make this all pay off that see this is again this is my problem comics just happen too slowly to be satisfying yep it's a horrible way to tell a story well i story we don't have enough time for this debate but i feel like the bigger problem is just the it's not the monthly delivery system it's everything of everything around that it's the solicits and the trades and all of that to me, that's the issue. I think you can still tell fine monthly serialized stories. I think I think manga is just the best, and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, 
Except everything when, should be a manga. Once every seven weeks you have to talk about it, you run you run for the hills. So it's how, I how great I, is I, it? I think I, I think we should all stop talking about comics on an individual as an individual unit. That's that's my comics criticism hot take. I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? I think we should. St- I think I, I just don't think comic issues are worth talking about. <laughs> Says the host of a comics podcast. Yeah, individually. You mean we should just read trades? No, I think we should talk about trades <laughs> and not read them. No, I think we should read them. <laughs> I think we should read single issues and then talk about them once the story is completed. Ooh. 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 I don't hate that idea. <laughs> the only problem is, is that it's going to be a hell of a thing to... We shouldn't do this on the air. No, we should First of all. <laughs> I'm not all. even talking about us. We, I think I, I'm, talking, I'm talking like all Everyone. comic journalism or yeah. and critiquing. It would be so much better if someone didn't have to... You think comic book shops should die, and I do too. No, that's oh. not what I'm saying. I think everybody should still be reading the issues, uh, but they should just keep their mouth shut until the story's over and then talk about it. I really misread you there. No, I well, okay, yeah, I do think single com. I think I think everything should be like OGNs too. But if we have to have single issues, I think we should just stop talking about them. Yeah, I agree. That's my problem with reviewing manga chapters is like, it's like 10 pages. What's there to review? Just enjoy it. Okay. Now you're just getting out some, this is, you need to send an email to your boss. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about what's coming out next week there, Vince. I'm sure you don't have it ready. I do have it ready. You fucker. All right. Batman number 123, Batman killing time three. Flashpoint Man, I Beyond. can't believe that's still happening. I, I can't I, believe we've, we've avoided talking about it so far. I goodness. keep forgetting which one Killing Time is. I'm always like, is that the... Is that's that the Tom the, King one, right? Yeah, it is the Tom King one. Yeah, but I, but I, but sometimes if, it, if the light catches me right, I think, is that the Chip Zdarsky one? And it's not. the Chip that's the night. Yeah, what, what's the difference? Is there any? I don't know. Uh... <laughs> uh flashpoint beyond number one free comic book day dark crisis special number zero task force z number seven did you guys see that 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 vampire book is getting a spin-off a six issue tie-in that's all in black and white that's the problem with comics yeah but roll that six roll those six issues up into a into a cone shape and fire it through my skull. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were going to say, roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to say that, but I did. <laughs> Just as a non-sequitur to yeah. get out of the conversation. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Uh, I wish, yeah. Uh, uh, Suicide Squad, number 15. Batman Beyond, Neo Year, number two. Monkey Prince, number four. One Star Squadron, number six. World of Krypton, number six. Uh, Nubia Coronation Special, number one. There you go. I was ready. You insulted me. And I was ready. Yes. Oh, God. You know what comes out the week after next? What's that? Jurassic League. Oh, baby. And Batman the Night Compendium Edition, number one. (laughs) 
What is that? What are we doing? It's it contains Batman the Night one through three. Why? You know how they're doing these now? Because remember they did the yeah. one for for uh, Dark Knights of Steel. Is that what it's uh, called? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I maybe it's genius. Maybe it's stupid. Maybe it's a way for like somebody to go to a comic book shop and say like, "Hey, here's a thing I missed. I'll get all three issues in one." Maybe it's great, but it's baffling to me. Yep. Anyway, well, what else can we bitch about before we get out of here? Uh, well, you have to get in touch with two thirds of us. Uh, two two of us are on Twitter. I am at Brian is an app. Oh, I'm I'm Walker Fox. And if you need to find Vince, he is. Uh, have you already? Are you already full on draft prep stuff? Oh, dude, I've been there. Yeah. Okay. So if you find you're, Vince, lucky, you're lucky. You've apparently avoided a lot of it. I, I'm just I'm just on Twitter less than ever before. So yeah. But yeah, I uh, just find Vince find talking about this on Farmers Only, not Twitter, which you just said. Definitely Farmers Only. I, yeah, I'm my head is so far up Mel Kuyper's ass. I can smell Brill Cream. Did you see the thing that came out about him today? Uh, no. Uh Oh, is it problematic? I mean, it's problematic for taste. So he loves oh. pumpkin <laughs> pie so much that he yes. eats pumpkin yeah. pie for breakfast whenever he can. And it's just the he only does. reason he doesn't eat pumpkin pie every day is it's not always available to him every day. <laughs> Otherwise, he would eat pumpkin pie every single day. And that is oh, the yes. darkest shit in the universe. This is an age old uh, Kuiperism. Is it? Um, I didn't realize that. It just, there was an article yeah. came out today I read about it. So, I mean, if you don't follow the NFL draft, so like. No, I have I have <laughs> I have some sort of dignity. Right. But if you listen to his podcast, you, you know, you would have. He waxes poetic about pumpkin pie all the time. Okay. I love Mel Kiper. He's like, like he's a Michael Showalter character. Yes. Michael Showalter from the state. He's a Michael Showalter character. Absolutely. Like down to the looks. Yeah. And, the, and, and yes, yes, he would have the, the bizarre mannerisms. Yep. And mm-hmm. man, yeah, you nailed that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for listening to us fight, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Dirty old bitch. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of your whack ass country club, Brian. <laughs> oh, DC3 oh. boys are meant to be seen and not heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.